Hey baby, we hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Hey, welcome to We're Not Listening, a Frasier recap and advice podcast from Molly Shea and me, Nick Francomano. Welcome to the pod, everyone. Today we're discussing season one, episode 14 of the landmark 1990s sitcom Frasier. The title of this episode, Can't Buy Me Love, and it pertains to a bachelor auction for the Seattle Police Department Widows and Orphans Fund and its many hilarious consequences. I'm so glad you picked up what this charity was for because I've watched it multiple times and I always spaced out when they said what it was for. I thought it was for the police. It is for the police. It's like an old-fashioned kind of thing, but, you know, it used to be... I think now that if like you're, for police who have died, yeah, it's for their widows and orphans. It's the widows and orphans fund. Okay. And so this is like takes us right in. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but this is again has been a recurring theme on the podcast. Well, a recurring theme in my rewatch of Frasier is that I love Detective women Martin Crane. Widows and orphans. I just love that this show is so kind of treacly sweet on one level, but. There's so much darkness kind of right under the surface. Yeah, can we and also this is like, like the talk James Elroy, Martin Crane? How funny it is to have a bachelor's auction for a widows and orphans. Yeah, like the widows are gonna bid. No, yeah, the they can get a new husband. <laughs> but why would the wi- the widows don't bid? Because the point of the orphan or the point of the auction is, is they to get the give money. the money to the widows. So this is like a classic. I don't think this is something that happens anymore. But this used to be like a kind of society thing that they would do charity you mean when bachelor people auctions. would buy people? Yeah, I hope that's ending soon. Okay. It's, you know, there's there's auctions and there's auctions. This is the kind of human auction that's, consensual, you know, nice and sweet. A consensual yeah. human auction. This isn't, yeah. This, a meat market. This isn't the other kind. This isn't the seraglio of the old Ottoman Empire where you can bid on the fairest white virgins. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, this is something else. Yeah, I mean, I, who doesn't like bidding on pork, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Because they're, they're pigs. They're cops. Because the men are pigs? No, it's you don't auction off the... You really don't. You're not grasping the pig. No, I get here. the point. But okay. I, I, I would assume at least one or two of the police people would go up for auction. Well, I guess the point of it for this one and why Frazier and Bulldog get roped into it is that it's for local celebrities. It's for Seattle local celebrities. Right. And this is the kind of thing that you do when you're a local celebrity. Although, arguably, I'm a local celebrity here in Los Angeles and I never get asked to do these. So if you're, you know, a charity person listening to this podcast out there. What would your date be? What would, what would my, you do? What would my date be if I was in a bachelor auction? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'd take them fishing, maybe. Okay, that's nice. But yeah. I mean, what if they're not sporty? Uh, too bad. I mean, oh. you know, listen, well, don't right. bid on me then. Don't okay. bid on me then. I mean, yeah. it's. I guess every, all the restrictions are getting lifted. All the corona quarantine restrictions are getting lifted in the coming week here in California. But... So maybe I would take him to a disco, take him to a discotheque. Right. You know, something fun like that. Hmm. 
you know, well, maybe I could get into. I, don't know. I could get the into bit, a the bit isn't isn't uh, going too high right now. Okay. What you're saying? All right. Well, you're you know you're not the target audience. No, I don't have enough money to, to afford get, you. Yeah, I'm trying to get a but nice like, society widow to. But bid I don't on know me. if a society widow wants to go fishing. Okay, I don't take her fishing. I'll take her. You know, I'll take her somewhere nice. I'll take her to somewhere her husband's nice. grave. <laughs> On her, a picnic on her dead cop husband's grave. That's nice. You know, it's always Pigs important. In a blanket. Jesus, God, Mom. Sorry. Come on. The coffee. Come on. These are our heroic first responders. I'm sorry. I'm I know sorry. you watch all these left-wing TikToks, but please try to have a little sympathy for I'm our sorry. men in uniform. Jesus. All right. All right. What are we talking about? Hey, this episode, we're way out over our skis here, I guess. Let's go back. We'll go back to the beginning. Go back to basics. And share with the people listening out there what happens in this episode of Frasier. So it starts off at the studio, and Frasier has left his briefcase. Frasier's left his briefcase in the booth. With a bulldog. With the bulldog. We open up on the Bulldog Sports Show, which honestly sounds like it's so much fun. And like something I would enjoy listening to. And also, now that I'm like recording these podcasts by myself here in my house... I'm really jealous of all of the stuff that they have. You know, I have... Because you're an audio head well, now. not even. I mean, I have my radio show, and I'm used to going into the booth, but I'm not... You know, Bulldog's setup is so much nicer than what I have even available when I'm able to go into the studio. He's actually got his soundboard is like manual tape cartridges right. that he's putting in, and I, I love it. I'm so can we, jealous. Can we listen to some sound effects that you do have? Well, see, this my sound effects selection is frankly pathetic, but yeah, we can see what we got here. I think I got a sad trombone here. Nope. Every time you've tried to do sad trombone, it's never... Wow, that's loud. Yeah, that's going to be blown out on this thing. I mean... You know, this is what I'm talking about. Is yeah. that if I had Bulldog set up, I could have so many hilarious things ready to go. The only problem is I'd have to manually record them to tape beforehand. That's anyway. what you get a producer for, though, right? Yeah, that's what Roz would be for. But as I've established many times, my feeling is that, you know, Roz... Well, Roz isn't Bulldog's producer. Who no. is Ro- his, his producer? Who's Bulldog's producer? I think he's a one-man operation. Wow. Yeah. Because no one else can stand to be with him. I think it's also, you know, that kind of show, it has to have a, a very specific kind of energy for the listeners. You know, it's got to have a very specific kind of frantic pace. Am I going way loud? Okay. No, the the music is loud in my brain. Okay. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I turned it up by mistake when I was trying to find that sad trombone. Here, here let's kill the music and see if one of these is the sad trombone. No. Remember that one. I'm going to need it. There it is. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Listening out there. Now you've heard it. You've heard them all. See how much better it is for Bulldog? Yeah. He really does have everything at his fingertips. Anyway. (laughs) But Uh, so basically, uh, Bulldog, you know, razzes Frasier on there. Every time that Frasier or Raz have to go into the booth during Bulldog's show, Bulldog will take it out on them. And according to Roz, and this is something I don't get. This is where the show kind of leaves, you know, the verisimilitude of what is good on the radio behind. Because Roz says, the last time I had to go in there, he said that I was Martina Navratilova's girlfriend, a.k.a., you know, I looked like a lesbian. So, like, you know, 
not to but get an into, athletic hot lesbian. I get yeah, you know Martina's not going out with just anybody. No. But like why is that funny to somebody listening at home? I mean, I guess it's like just because this was the early 90s and this is ironic cuz the guy who plays Bulldog is gay that they would go for this kind of lazy gay joke. But it's just like, is that enough of a punchline to say like, huh, there's a woman here and she looks like a lesbian. <laughs> and then you hit the rim shot. I don't have the rim shot queued up, but then you hit the rim shot. Like, you know, what, what is that joke? Yeah, well, I feel like uh, Ross has that, you know, athletic lesbian look. Maybe it cuts a little bit deeper. Yeah, but how, do the, how does the audience know that? Because everyone knows what these stars look like. <laughs> And Seattle's biggest celebrities. I guess. Well, Frazier's got his face on the bus uh, and billboard, uh, billboards and stuff. Probably so does Bulldog, but Roz doesn't. She's Roz. on their, their, uh, their, I guess, uh, she's on their Instagram, Angel Flyer 1993. Uh, website. Even 19, this is 1993. You gotta remember, even Angel Fire and GeoCities didn't exist. At this point, oh, the internet boy. was still like a BBS. You Everything know. in papyrus. Not even, like, having papyrus was hot stuff in those days. Yeah. Like, having any kind of, like, graphic website at all and not having it just be a directory. Anyway, don't get me started on how much worse the internet is now. But, <laughs> but anyway, we're, again, way out over my skis. Way out over my skis here, people. But Bulldog sound effect for when Frasier comes in, and Bulldog has had this made up specifically for when Dr. Crane comes in and he's got like a funny Italian doctor that he puts on when Frazier comes into the booth. He says, you know what we always have when, you know, when doc when the doctor's in with us and then he plays it and it's like, oh, pull it down on your shorts and I take a look. And it's like, <laughs> he made like an Italian proctologist sound effect like just for Frazier. I, you know, whatever. I don't. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I don't have to get it. Anyway, Bulldog makes Frazier look like a fool. I thought that you wanted to listen to Bulldog's show. You just dissed two of his hottest jokes. I guess, but it's, you know, there was a lot of, you know, in the old days, you know, Rush Limbaugh, rest in peace. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, sorry. The guy died, Molly, please. You know? <laughs> I can't wait to take his wife on a hot date to his grave. <laughs> Yeah, if I could go and have Rush Limbaugh's widow bid on me in a charity auction, that would absolutely be the high point of my life. Um, that would be so huge for me. Oh, anyway, God. but no, like people used to tune into Rush from across the political spectrum because they, you know, because some people just hated him. Right. I mean, same with Stern. Same with all those guys. You know, that's the shock jock thing. Yeah, I mean, um, one day we too will be a podcast people love to hate. I'm sure that's already the case for a lot of our listeners, or most of them are just our friends who feel obligated to listen. So mm -hmm. if you've never met us and you listen, you know. Wow. Wow. I'm honored. Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have some international listeners that I'm like, huh? Huh? All right. Okay, well, shout out to all of our listeners. Thanks, Iceland. In Iceland? I think so. Oh, gross. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's okay. Bjork. Let me ask you this. If you had to guess which of the 50 United States has the highest incidence of first cousin marriage. It's not what you think. Which one do I think it is? Which one has the highest incidence of first cousin marriage? Mm, why Why is this? First cousin out? marriage, first cousin marriage. What do you think? Mm, Arizona. Not a bad guess, but it's Delaware. 
And of all of the countries, the reason I bring it up, of all the countries in the developed world, where do you think they have the highest rate of first cousin marriage? Oh, Iceland. is that why Bjork looks that way? That's why everyone in Iceland either comes out as like a Bjork or as like the guy from Game of Thrones, the mountain. Right. Because their DNA is straight up messed up. Yeah, and their they, they D- also yeah. believe in like fairies and stuff. Of course they do because they have, you know, it's like the they started with a small enough population that even if you're not literally first cousins with someone, you're genetically you're gonna get first there cousins soon. Yeah. with them. You're still 25% Oh, I do know someone in Iceland. Hi, Grace. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hi, Grace. Uh, sorry to trash Don't worry. She married into line. it. She's oh. actually making sure that people they, aren't dating their need, cousins. They need that. So they she's fresh that. meat over there. This is a, this is a, like, I think about this a lot. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Next scene, a chump off the old block. We got a title card. Classic Frasier title card. Thank you, Frasier. So, Niles comes over to the apartment. I guess Maris has gone out of town, and he says, you know how desolate I am without my Maris, but then he's brought a bottle of champagne over because he just wants to scheme on Daphne. Daphne really kind of gets... Gets a raw deal this episode, and she comes back and. I don't end. know. She has a raw deal, but I feel like she's also. She makes the most of. Oh it. hell yeah. yeah! She really. She's did. a <laughs> trooper. I love. She sorry <laughs> blooping trooper. Yeah, she makes the most of it, but yeah, Niles comes over to creep on her. He's like, "Do you want some help in the kitchen?" She says, "I have everything well in hand," and like. That's really just setting up for something. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they're classy enough not to go, not to play it like, you know, I got something you can put in your hand, Daphne. But you know, that's what that's what Niles is thinking, and he's swooning in this mm. scene. He's got a couple swoon lines. Yeah, I guess. Martin is playing like chess by mail, so he's got his chess problem set up on the board, but he has a corn nut instead of a bishop. I thought that was very funny, and I thought they gave Niles a good line here. He says, corn nut to rook seven. Yes. Hilarious stuff. Anyway. But interesting, I do think that chess would be a good crossover for the Crane family. Yeah, well, chess is such a meme now. You know, they had that show. Oh, with uh, the, the with ceiling Anya chess? Taylor-Joy. Uh, Adderall chess. I didn't watch the show. Oh, I do gather yes. that there was a lot of speed use in yes. it. But anyway... <laughs> Sorry, spoiler alert. Chess is hot now. Chess is very in, so that's apropos. Anyway. I've been in a chess club. Are you good at it? No. No. But I I got good at losing. Like, it took longer to beat me. You lost with dignity? Yeah. okay. Because at first, there'd be like, bam, bam, four stages, and I was gone. And then it was like, oh, this is taking a half an hour. So, improvement. I wish I could get good at chess, because you can actually find people to play you when you're good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the game that I'm best at is Scrabble, and I literally no one I know will play with me in person. I have to play online. Yeah, I won't Because that's the only place that I can find people who are at my level. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would be frustrating because it'd be cat, dog. Yeah. Weed. Well, you know, the boobs. W is worth four points. Boobs, you could get a lot of points for boobs. That B is worth three points. <laughs> then with the S on the end, you know, you make the two-word combo. <laughs> you know, you, listen, you could get a lot of points for boobs. All right. But anyway. I, I get a lot of points for boobs anyway. I don't need that. Oh, hey, zing. Zing. Where's that sad trombone? <laughs> oh, Okay. All right, so basically, um, that's when the, we're getting set up to find out about the auction. Yes, Martin 
explains to Frazier, like, hey, like, my buddy from the force is doing a celebrity auction for the Widows and Orphans Fund, and Frazier immediately volunteers, only to find out that the person that Martin really wanted to be in the auction was Bulldog, because Martin loves Bulldog's show and doesn't listen to Frazier's show. It's so funny, though, to think about, like, what Martin thinks women want. Yeah. Well, I... Fascinating. Again... I think Mahoney, was Mahoney gay too? Yeah. In life? So this is like, you know, you thinking about how Maris is, you know, Niles' sublimated homosexuality. That this episode is a big one where it's like in the beginning, you have this gay actor. You think this is a mask for mask? Yeah. It's like a rough trade situation. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. Because you have this guy and he's playing like a butch jock. Right. But really, he's vamping it up and like, you know, calling people sissies and stuff and making fun of Martina Navratilova. And now you have Mahoney, you know, talking about it. And then when we go to the Bachelor auction in the next scene. More man meat. Yeah, this is the title card and this is going once. And then we're in the dream, uh, the dream room, the green room. Yeah, the dream room. (laughs) (laughs) The green room is the dream room, baby. Like, just get in your right headspace. Go out and kill it out there. Anyway. They go out there, Bulldog, you know, comes in. He's like, the estrogen level is off the charts out there. So you see, you know, it's interesting that you never see, this episode was made in a way that's very budget conscious, but it, you know, it winds up revealing more of this sublimated homosexuality stuff. Well, I also- Because you never see any women except for like the one. I I thought it was smart though, because it reminds me of like an old timey play because all of the activity is off off stage. Yeah, you know? a Greek drama. You just feel all of the tension in the room with the audio <laughs> effects. And that's all you really need because I don't need to see just all those widows going crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny to kind of try to reimagine how they would do it as like a prestige drama now, like how they would do prestige TV. Well, first thing, there would be bisexual lighting in that audience. <laughs> be fuchsia yeah pink and blue everywhere i guess so there'd be a magic mic scene would it be think it would be like a tease would they have somebody like stripping well they have a guy in there martin points him out again was this the seahawks athlete yeah i looked it up that guy is not actually a former linebacker for the seattle seahawks i mean now in professional football to be a linebacker you have to be really big so this guy is big but not linebacker big by today's also like weird that they set him up as like someone who's put two men in the hospital and that's what the ladies are like so you first off first off okay i'm not this is the point of this podcast is not to drop to atomic shame. red pills on our audience but yes if you are a violent man like women do go crazy for you look remember that hand if you're violent and handsome that's unbeatable well that's unbeatable. i mean that's remember the that christian God, the, gray shit you know of course that is a good example even in real life like the people in prison who get the most letters from lonely women are like people who are vicious murderers of women uh, um so like i i didn't do I, this isn't my fault but I'm just guess you who the buys news. him Roz. of course Roz <laughs> does. of course Roz winds up buying him but the point of having martin say all that stuff and show you know that he's like a tough brutal dude is that it's funny that Nothing he's, compares. he's scared to go into the room with all these w- screaming women. And I've, you know... Yes, that's much scarier. I've heard from... I've known, you know, strippers of, of uh, both sexes. And I've heard from male strippers that 
you know, a crowd of women is way worse than I, a crowd of men. Yeah. If you go into a crowd of women, like when they, if it's like all bachelorette parties and they're really like letting their hair down, like it can get really ugly. So obviously this society charity thing isn't quite as bad as that, but still it could like, go I that get way. it. Like this is, this is a real thing. I stand, I stand with the, you know, the writers and the producers a, of Fraser on this depiction. There's a podcast about, um, what is the male strip review called? The the not, Thunder from Down Under? No, the first Puppetry one. Puppetry of the Penis? No. Oh, Chippendales with yes. all the murders. Yes. Yeah. And I've been hearing some stories about how aggressive that scene was. And yeah, it's well, like, Chippendales Ooh. was like the first one, too, where it was for... You know, they had like you could see like male strippers, but it was really for like illicit homosexual stuff in the old days. Oh, like not not for not for ladies, not for like bachelorette parties. No, the kind of sexual revolution had to go on for a while before you could actually open like a franchise business for normal women to see men take their clothes off. And then once they did, man, violence. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it was, I think the sexual revolution was terrible for human civilization. Oh, this God. is just one example. No. no. Anyway. But, um, so basically, that guy, the linebacker, gets a date with Roz, and then Frazier's up to bat. Yes. Uh, Frazier. And he's kind of nervous he's not going to get bit on. Yeah, he's nervous he's not going to get bit on. Well, because Niles kind of psychs him out when they're in his apartment, too. Just kind of rude. Yeah, well, he gets caught, like, lusting after Daphne, and so then he, the claws come out, and he becomes very catty. Yeah, but yeah. there is a good line where, like, you know, Niles is really laying into Fraser and being like, oh, what if you're covered in sweat and there's yeah, total silence? Yeah. And then Martin's like, that'll never happen. We have a band, which is Hilarious. brilliant. Hilarious. <laughs> But sure enough, Frazier gets purchased for $500. Which, I mean, is plenty of money now, but a lot of money in 1993 to bid on this. And who spends the $500 on him? None other than a straight-up supermodel who is uh, Claire Stansfield from Xena Warrior Princess. Oh. Yes. Who does she play in Xena? Who does she play in Xena? Sorry, I have it open right here. Hera? She plays Alti in several episodes of the TV series mm. Xena Warrior Princess. So okay. a minor character in Xena, but you know, that for people who haven't seen it yet, that type of woman. A Xena type. I mean, she could be Martina's She could girlfriend. be Martina's girlfriend. Absolutely. Xena's got big gay energy. Yeah, I mean that was a show that I think a lot of young that could have turned a, me a lot of young lesbians uh, discovered themselves to absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I I would turn for Xena. She's a broad-shouldered woman with a lot of rage. Yeah. Well, they had all the crossovers with Hercules too, but I don't think Kevin even no, Kevin, Kevin Sorbo was not, not as good as Xena. Well, he wasn't for the gays either. He was like he's for, for the Christians. Fully. Well, he's now he does all those Christian movies, but I mean, even then, the show—I don't think the show developed a gay following the way Zena no. developed a lesbian following. No, no, it didn't. It was definitely for like wine moms. Yeah. 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 No, I don't. I don't think that Hercules was as, as popular as Zena. I think that's why they had to do so many crossovers. Oh. Anyway, uh, Frasier is like going nuts that he's been bid on by the supermodel. I, and here's what I have in my notes about this. 
She's one of those Seattle only supermodels. Like what? What, like, what does yeah, that mean? What does that mean? I kind of don't think that that is a thing that exists. I think if you're like a, she just like fashioning like raincoats then, or she yeah like she's just doing like local ads like because she says that she has enough money to bid on Fraser because she just was in the spread in the Seattle Times, so it's like what kind of model is she like she only models for one of those Seattle only regional department stores like what the hell is that that. Yeah. This this is like But that means she's like a mom type model. And I don't think she's hotter than like a mom model. Yeah. Well, you know, TV kind of has this effect of showing us, you know, normal people as improbably hot people. Hmm. Um that I think maybe carries over where if you're like a normal model, then you are a supermodel. You know? Okay. You're getting a bump. Got it. Or you know, you're TV's, getting that little TV bump. Just be it's a visual medium. Molly, people have to be able to look at it. Mm. So if you already have everyone on the show as a baseline of being able to be a regular department store model, then if you want to show that someone is a model in that context, you have to have someone who looks like a supermodel. Oh, I see. And someone, not I someone got, who's like I got a you. Because it, it, it... There's a distorting effect. I get yeah. you. I got, got, got it. Okay, so he's like totally over the moon that he has a model. Date. Oh, yeah. And Bulldog comes back in. He's flipped out. He's like in a state because nobody bid on him. And he's like coping hard. And he's saying like, oh, like it's the end of the night. There's not a lot of money left in the room. You know, come on. Like he's not. He should have been the the, the closing act, you know. He, I guess he was and nobody was interested. Again, this is like, you know, the disconnect between what. I wish we had a slide whistle. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. But uh, Daphne gets peer pressured into purchasing Bulldog. Well, Martin doesn't want, you know, it's bad for the auction if there's a guy that nobody bids on. So Martin thinks that he'll get the bidding started by telling Daphne to bid. But I then, really hope that Martin paid for Bulldog. Yeah, I know. They made Daphne pay $100 to go out with Bulldog. But how about this? $100 and what their date winds up being. Well, you won't get to how their date kind of goes south. But what their date winds up being is that he takes her to a Sonics game. They have Front court, row yeah, seats. courtside seats. And they go there and back in a limousine full of champagne. $100. You know, it's not good that you get forced to pay that. But that's a lot for $100. Yeah, I mean, it would probably cost a little bit more than that to do all those things. It would cost a lot more than that. Oh, are courtside seats really that expensive? Yes, that's where Jack Nicholson seats, uh, sits. Uh, oh, okay, well. That's where Leonardo DiCaprio But is. in Seattle? That's where Bezos and, you know. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> they weren't there then. Well, they were, he was, but, but he not, wasn't rich. Not yet. Yeah. Not going to space. I mean, but the, like Bill Gates doesn't really go to the Sonics, but there's plenty of money going around up in Seattle. Right. Okay, so it's still expensive. Yeah, absolutely. And then the limo ride, I mean, the limo ride is like already, you're into it for like a grand. So, oh, so Bulldog really did put out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't even want to take a widow to her husband's grave, Nick? I would not take I would not take a widow and I would take the kids too. I'd take the orphans to the father's grave. I'd say, Hi, I'm your new dad. <laughs> Give him an I'm, ice cream yeah, cone. Yeah, your stepdad now. So, you know, we're gonna seal the deal here on your real father's grave. Yeah, that's really that would be sweet and nice of me, Molly. Right. Now, that's probably the darkest thing I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> and that's like really saying something. That's one of the darkest things I've ever said. I'm sorry. Okay, so basically the 
what's the next title card? Because like then they're on their date after this, right? They're back at the apartment with no title card. No title card. Yeah. Um, and it's Fraser is wheeling out a flambe card with like luscious copper pants on the flambe card because Fabulous. he's gonna make an incredible flambe dinner for this model lady. And he's like really feeling like the cocko walk. The doorbell rings. He takes a long time getting over the doorbell because he stops to check himself out in the mirror. He's really strutting his stuff. And then he opens the door. This is horrible. He says, Christina, buonanotte. Like he I have says a home. note here that just says gross. It, yeah. It's probably that line. It's buonanotte. Yeah, of course. Why Like, why would you speak Italian? Why yeah. would you do that? She's not, I guess her daughter's name is Renata, but he doesn't know that yet. Yeah, her name is. He just assumes she speaks Italian because she has, you know, she has black hair. Yeah. What's up with that? Christina Harper. Christina Harper. That's yeah. not a Well, Italian it's probably your name. dead husband's name. Um, <laughs> okay. She's got a 12-year-old daughter. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is a woman with a past. Right. Um, so. But she also looks like she would have had that daughter. She's, like, she's wearing a cool cape. Yeah, well, she's wearing evening wear. She's looking great. She's she's wearing like a shawl. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out that she has one of those emergency nighttime modeling jobs that she has to go to. Escort. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the one who said it. But yeah, this is like. Like what? Like what is an emer? I mean, I guess I'm not in the industry. I can't really say if this is. Yeah, they call you at the last minute in the middle of the night and need you to go pose for a department store catalog or some shit? Is no. there like a fishing spread that needs to be done? Yeah. <laughs> I like, don't know. I don't know. But anyway, Frazier, she's brought her little or her 12-year-old daughter with her. And she's like, you know, my friend who's supposed to babysit for her also got called in on the same job. So now you have to watch my daughter. What is this? And we'll have dinner later tonight. Shoot happening at eight o'clock on a Friday. Yeah, this is like you know, all the Instagram models, quote unquote. And it's like, oh, like, here's me, like, on the balcony in my suite in Dubai. And it's like, you know, the dude who's taking that picture is, like, about to do some foul stuff to her afterwards. Like, you know, some guy, like, paid her, you know, 10 grand to fly out. Well, I mean, this is also how she can afford to buy Frasier. That's how she got the 500 bucks to buy Frasier. She used some of her escort money. money. She's, like morally laundering the money by donating to the widows and orphans fund listen i mean i'm i'm not uh listen i'm gonna oh well honestly here's the thing is if you're you know if you're like a local police department really you have to understand that there's going to be some amount of prostitution in your city right you can't eradicate it so what you do is, you know, you keep make it, it to legal. the well, you keep it to the high class ones, and you make sure that they pay a tithe to the widows and orphans fund. Oh, and this, now, you're saying it's a conspiracy. I'm saying this is just how things are done in the real world, Molly. Okay, and oh, I'm sorry that you've been living in been, bed together. You've been living in a in a little bubble. Okay, I'm telling you how it goes down on the streets. All right. Oh, okay. This lady's I'm got in the her. Bubble. <laughs> she's yeah. She's got her license to operate basically because she's mm. you know she's forking over on the reg. Yeah, like a two percent. Look, you know, it's five hundred to the widows and orphans. You know, another couple hundred to this. You know, maybe a little envelope in case she gets pulled over with the John. You know, that's wow. how this works. This got dark. Yeah, life is dark. Okay, you well, know? life is dark. What do you want let, to tell Let's you? go back to the fluffiness that is Fraser. Um, and so. 
basically she's like, oh, sorry, I've got to work. Can you watch my 12-year-old daughter? And this is demented. Right? Yeah. Like, why would you do this? Okay, so she drops off her daughter with Fraser, and it's like, I'll be back, you know. And then we'll have dinner. And Fraser, I put this in my notes here that Fraser is a simp. Yes. He is simpin' hard. Because he says, simp like, card is in full effect. I'll get a lot of points for this. Yeah, I'll get a lot Gross. of points for this. And he says it in front of the daughter, too. Disgusting. Like, hey, like, I'm going to take care of you tonight so I can screw your mom later. Rude. Like, weird. I yeah. hate all of it. It's, and the daughter, to her credit, is able to manipulate Frasier expertly. Well, we yeah. are maybe divided on this, but I feel like the truth between Renata's story and what was her name? Christina. Uh, Christina's story, I think it falls somewhere in the middle. I agreed, agreed. But here's the thing is, you know, she gets everything she wants out of Frasier. She doesn't give anything away. And she keeps her mom from getting a loser boyfriend that she hates. Well, I mean, I think Renata did a great job here. Oh, yeah. You mean when she walks out on Frasier later? Well, everything. everything. Because, like, yeah, she got she free, had... Well, she got $500 worth of babysitting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not Christina. Uh, Renata. Renata really did everything she wanted to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Frasier tries to break the ice with her... She offers her soda. He offers her goose liver pate, and she doesn't want anything. He says, "I'm probably more with it than you think I am," which is like, you know, gross. How do you, that's how you also, know? Also, like, how how is he so awkward around children when he has his own child? When he has his own child, and when he's a licensed psychiatrist, right? Yeah, uh, because psychiatrists is it because he's are stupid? Yeah, psychiatrists oh, okay. are idiots, and. You know, well, she ends up on the phone for most of the evening. Yeah, Frazier just lets her have the run of the house because he's just basically going to bide time till he can try to put the moves on her mom. Yeah, but I like the line where she he's like she gets on the phone with a different Tiffany. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's in the next scene. We got the next title card, shrink wrap, and then it seems that you know Renata has just been on the phone the entire time. She's got her feet up on the couch. She's kicking back, maxing, relaxing, and she's just saying, and this is a good, like, kind of, like, these kids of the 90s moment where she just keeps going, no way. Yeah. No, no way. way. What's your damage? No <laughs> way. <laughs> we get a lot of that, and we get a no way callback at the end of the episode. But anyway, no way. No anyway, way. Uh, <laughs> Frazier is balancing his checkbook in the background. That's what I that's what I noticed that oh, I Frazier's, didn't Frazier's that. sitting there balancing his checkbook while the girl is just running up his phone bill. And she's like rolling calls. She's like, I got to call another one. Kids don't know how to do this now. Kids don't know how to use a real phone now. So no, I, I barely do. Perhaps to Renata. She like puts her call on hold. She takes Frazier's call and she's like, ah, no, he'll have to call you back. Hangs up, goes back to her call. Then she gets another call. And it's for her. This is the scene you were thinking of. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, no, sorry, it's my friend Tiffany. Frazier's like, oh, I thought you were already talking to Tiffany. She says, no, that was Tiffany Schwartz. The other call was Tiffany Martinez. And Frazier says something like, you know. I uh, celebrate the ethnic tapestry that is America, but nonetheless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is, you know. What a weird statement. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like. You know, how does a name get to be the most popular name 
in the year that it comes all, out. And across all demographics. And that's sort of, you know, America as like the culture shredder. I'm so that glad America, that Tiffany can exist. You know, even like people in the countries that immigrants come from notice in their relatives that after they've been here, their culture is kind of shredded up by the degenerate cultural forces Globalism. of America. Yeah. How many Alexes did I have to know in the 90s? Yeah, of or all like genders? the year that I was born, you know, Nick was the second most popular boy's name. I know after so many Alex. Nicks. Yeah, yes. of course, because we all had the same name at the same time across religions and races. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it's kind of a bold move. And I think it's becoming more and more common now to give your kid. You know, people love to, to give name their kids. Your kid Renata. Well, people love to give their kids weird names now, but I think it's a bold move to give your kid like a name associated with your actual specific cultural heritage. Mm. That's like a defiant thing well, that people have started doing. Well, as a Cajun, now. should I name my first child Gumbo? Gum what kind of name is <laughs> Gumbo? Is not a name, but you could give the kid a French name, I guess. I mean, I'm yeah. barely. Barely Cajun, but I don't, I don't. I feel like I don't have enough of anything, really. I mean, my name is Irish. But I mean, you're you're a real American. You you know you're in. The, I can name my kid Nick. You could name <laughs> your kid Nick. I mean, you're in the tapestry. I mean, it used to be, you know, the the real prestige for people was in assimilating to American culture, whatever that is. But now I'm here, you know, and, and and now and fully part well, of it and um, i don't recommend american it. culture has never had less cachet even with the people who live in america than it does now yes i mean you know it's you can't even talk about what is american culture what is american culture it's a podcast about fraser yes like we are american culture Welcome. and that's like a pretty low bar to it's cross bad. yeah yeah it's not great it's i'll not, tell you it's that not much great anyway. so basically renata gets forced to get off of a phone and stop feeding Eddie cheese puffs. Cheese yeah. puffs are American. Cheese puffs are American. Well, because it's a petrochemical product. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's better living through chemistry. <laughs> and uh, basically, this becomes when Renata kind of goes on a monologue about why she does not like her mom. Yeah. Her mom and is a she flake. Weaves this tale for Frazier, who buys it hook, line, and sinker about how her mom is, you know leaves her by herself all the time and you know i i know what you're gonna say that it turns out that a lot of it is true that this is a tale rooted in fact but i mean this is like you know my parents are divorced my parents got divorced when i was young i had to go to a therapist and i figured out how to get anything i wanted out of this guy quickly yeah because you know they're not as smart as they think they are yeah kids are terrible um, and it's like it's hard to explain to a kid why that that might be bad for them to do that but it's easy to just, you know, get them to back you up on whatever you want. And this girl does it with Frasier expertly. She makes up all this stuff about how her mom, you know, left her on the sidewalk when she went to get a tattoo. Uh, yeah, that she is like, a, I mean, there are things I do believe, like the whole like saying that she's been nine for three years. Yeah, that's my, my mom did some like kind of like, oh, I'm blank age forever kind of stuff when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's normal. That's normal, but it's not, I mean, no, that's probably true, but that's also normal. Right, and I also feel like as bad as all of this stuff is, like, for Frasier to judge Christina, knowing so he does quickly. not even have custody of his child, yeah. is like... Pfft. And this is a guy who, 
This is a guy who's a member of the APA, who went to Harvard, who bills himself as like this expert, and he doesn't even suspect that the kid might have an ulterior motive. Right. He is like, you know. And at one point in time, he's like, oh, I can talk to you about your problems if you're not happy at home. Yeah. And what did she say something about gomers? Like, yeah, like the same way you do for the gomers who call into your show. And like, I, I do like the line he says, I do care about the gomers. I do care about the gomers. And that's how these people think, you know, so they get, they get their just desserts, if you ask me. Did I ever tell you the worst thing I did as a kid? I'm ready to hear it. <laughs> and if it involves animal abuse, then it fits right no, in. No, no, it doesn't involve that. You didn't put a firecracker up a cat's no, ass it, or something? It's probably, I mean, it's not worse, but it is pretty bad. I I, I was kind of a problem child. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, as a kid, like, I was always, um, like, punished during nap time or whatever. But in a... Uh, kindergarten or preschool I um told my mom and dad that the teacher hit me and they like you framed the teacher they like stormed down and screamed at her at like a parent did you get teacher. caught or did the teacher get fired or well she started crying in front of my parents <laughs> and then like a week later they're like has Mrs. So-and-so been nice to you? Like, have, have things, like, settled down? And I was like, oh, she didn't hit me. I made that up. Oh, my God. And they were like, what? I thought I was going to sound crazy for, like, no, you, I know, was manipulating really my, kid. you know, manipulating my therapist when uh, I was, like, six. I'm, like, much, I'm a much better you... person now than I was a child, <laughs> than when I was a child. I was a very bad child. Yeah, oh, my God. That's, like, demented. I know. <laughs> Listen, I mean... You know, school teachers and journalists probably don't trust them. But well, don't still, trust kids. don't get them fired. Yeah, well, okay. But so I'm kind of in between zone where I'm like, Renata, clearly a liar. But also her mom, like she well, said. A kid yeah. doesn't get to be like that in a vacuum. So obviously, you know, Christina is not the perfect mother that she builds herself to be. Otherwise, her daughter wouldn't be, you know, able like, like to why do is this she to so mad? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, okay, like you, we were talking about this before. You brought this up. The mom comes back, right? At, yeah. In the last scene, and Frazier kind of gives her a piece of his mind. Yeah, uh, he goes real hard, too. He yeah. says something like, listen, sister, you're not as good as you say you are, which is like, ooh. Oh, yeah, like, hey, Frasier, like, your son lives in Boston, and you haven't seen him in, like, two years. We haven't so, seen him since the show started. Yeah, so We're, real, like, real 14 cool. in episodes in. Real cool, Frasier. <clears throat> uh, but then, you know, Christina shows that she doesn't have the butterfly tattoo you know she shows her delicious bare shoulders in her evening gown but you know maybe it's on her ankle that's what i'm saying yeah i mean she doesn't need to have a tattoo for her to be a bad mother although i do think tattoos should also be illegal um (laughs) i hate 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 how normal people have tattoos now it really used to be that you had to be an especially crazy kind of person like you had to have been in the navy you had to have been in a biker gang. You had to have been in jail, possibly all three. Anyway. Oh, but we have to talk about our B, our B plot. Oh, of uh, Daphne. Daphne and Bulldog's date yes. to see the Supersonics. Yeah. I mean, this is, again, another budget-saving thing where you don't see them at the game. You see them in the limo afterwards. Right. And Daphne is blotto. 
Daphne is Dirk. Yeah, she, and I mean... I don't know if we've seen Daphne like this yet. She's been cheeky, but she's never been like, Oh, she goes, to use a basketball analogy, she goes hard in the paint on Bulldog. She's like, she's talking about how she's never been to a basketball game before, and it's so great just how tall those guys are. Bulldog, of course, being very short. And she's like saying like, you know, height isn't the only measure of a man. But it's a good one. And then she's Woo. like laughing and like and then punching she says, Bulldog. Oh, and it's oh. okay because you're a tough little knot. Yeah, I've, like... I've insulted you, haven't I? Well, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is like a nightmare date scenario. I feel like scenario. I've been in this situation after drinking. You before. know, and this is like, I don't remember which uh, famous feminist said this. This is like a famous line, though. You know, like, men are afraid that women will laugh at them and women are afraid that men will kill them. Right. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying. It's as bad as getting killed, but women laughing at you is, it's true. I am afraid of that. It is really bad. But I mean, I feel like most women laugh. There's a difference. Okay. Now you're, now you're just here to hurt my feelings. There's I'm a difference sorry. between, there's a difference laughing between at and with. getting them to laugh and them like laughing being cruel and making fun of you. Yeah. But I've also and feel like you've, you've known some pretty yeah, I've been with some psycho dames yeah. in the course of my life. <laughs> I yeah, want to say it. But I just told you, you know. I didn't I, know if it was like a thing. I mean, listen, I didn't get the therapy I needed when I was six because I had that guy around my little finger. Right. You know, yeah. so now I have bad relationships. What do you want me to tell some you? Some ball okay? busters. Sorry. Yeah, welcome to the confessional. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway, it's bad when women laugh at you. It doesn't feel good. I'm not yeah. saying it's as bad as being murdered by a man. No. It's definitely not. No. But it's, who said that, by the way? I don't know. That's like, a, I thought you would know for the sisterhood. I mean, I'm too busy laughing at men to know. <laughs> Take that, men. Oh, you I'm men. I'm sorry. I feel like I've definitely been this drunk person who said inappropriate things, though. No. Many. No, 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 never. <laughs> um, anyway. Many, many a pride has been wounded in my, in my, uh. Daphne wake of is really getting drunk, tonics. and Bulldog is again continuing to be a creep because he's getting her drunker and drunker. Because he's like he's powering through the laughter. He thinks he's gonna be able to to close this deal, right? And Daphne, I don't know if she's doing this on purpose to not have to sleep with the Bulldog or what, but she picks a fight. I guess they're trying to leave the stadium. The limousines in traffic. There's all this honking going on, and she leans out the window. She has a little bullhorn from the game and she's like shouting at this guy and she's calling him what does she say like you know what's going to happen to civilization if people don't you know enforce uh, yeah, good, manners. good manners and then yeah. she leans out the window and calls him I can't remember what she calls him I don't have it in my notes you bloody something yeah she she, you know she says some some bad manners type things herself the guy gets out of his car and Bulldog is trying to like roll up the windows lock the doors Bulldog gets you never see the guy but the limousine door opens up. This is great physical comedy from the bulldog here. And he gets pulled out of the limo by his ankles. He gets yanked out. He gets pulled out. It's like in Jurassic Park when the guy gets pulled in in the beginning. Oh. The guy gets pulled into the Velociraptor tank. Yes. Like it's it's fully like but that. But if we're going with our old theory of like 
supplemented homosexuality, Bulldog gets what he wants. Yeah, Bulldog gets what he wants. Bulldog gets the rough trade he was looking for. <laughs> yeah, that guy has a firebird and he's like six foot one. Yeah. Much better date. Absolutely. A little more to his taste. And he won't perhaps. and he won't laugh at him. Yeah, and we find out that Daphne keeps the limo for the rest of the night too. Which Excellent. Is, which is great. So now we can go back to the judgment zone that is Fraser and, yes. and Christina. And basically, like, Fraser is just being really rude and I basically blows the date. Yeah, of course. Well, I, you know, she, she, of course, she walks out. Oh, well, he's like, she says, you know, did it never occur to you that my daughter might have been lying to you? Yeah. And she, and then Fraser says, like, well, you know, as a psychiatrist, I specialize more in adult relations. And she says, well, you're not having any of those tonight. Yeah, that's, that's a her good walkout burn. line. That's a good walkout line. She may be, you know, she may have turned her daughter crazy, but that's a good line to walk out on. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I'm still pretty middle of the road of how bad of a mom she is look they have a toxic dynamic you know we don't know the whole story we don't know who else is in the picture that's I mean, true we find out that the father you know has a new girlfriend or a new wife or whatever he doesn't seem like he's very involved Mm-mm. in his daughter's life he's moved on to his new family that's not good for the kid either and i mean if you're a model you gotta really milk those good years before it all crashes and yeah, burns yeah you're a depreciating asset i guess Absolutely. you have to take those midnight modeling jobs <laughs> those midnight <laughs> modeling jobs <laughs> This was before, you know, this was before Instagram was invented. But like, course, but how weird though. I would When the shake when the shake DMs you, you've got to get no, on that I'm plane to Dubai. I'm just thinking about like being left in someone your mom's some strange date guy's apartment house. Yeah. How rude. It's a weird. first date too. She doesn't yeah, know anything about it. Nothing. I mean the daughter even calls Fraser or calls us out and she's like, like You could be a perv. You could be a perv. And Fraser's like, for the record, I'm not a I'm perv. I'm not a perv. Meh. And it's like, um you're such perv. I don't know. Yeah. Like one, you're a psychiatrist. Yeah, might uh, as well blow your chances at dating my mom. Like, you know, weird But I mean who's the weirdest person you've been left in cut of city of or oh with oh my god because your dad's left, kind of weird i got left by myself at the columbus zoo in columbus ohio for like eight hours whoa like when my dad had to have uh heart surgery whoa yeah that was pretty weird uh that wasn't necessarily in custody with anybody yeah I mean, my dad that was just like by myself when i was like 10 but my dad had a lot of weird friends that i had to hang out with when i was a kid yeah. down in the marina a lot of like weird boat guys mm-hmm. but they were all pretty cool. I mean, they yeah. they weren't necessarily the people I would pick first as babysitters, but I learned a lot of interesting stuff about life. Yeah. My... How you can't trust women. <laughs> well. My dad had this one friend. This is a good one. It, listening at home, you can't see. I have a I have a big scar in my eyebrow because I got I tripped and fell oh. on Howard's uh, boat when I was seven. Okay. But Howard also claimed to have been the inventor, the real inventor of Jenga. And that his ex-wife had stolen Jenga from him, which I haven't looked into the history of Jenga. I don't know if this is true or not. I don't want to, you know, I'm going to bleep and this I, guy's and name I, and now I, when I go back. I invented post-it notes, too. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. The point of the story is don't trust any women. Uh, wow. Anyway. Well, I was the person that I was left in custody with, which was the strangest, was my dad worked uh, is a special effects artist. And um, I was left in the custody of like metalhead tattoo stoner guys every once in a while. And I'd just be in the valley 
in some stoner guy's apartment watching horror movies and ha- hanging out with their cats. Tight. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. That I sounds mean, incredible. Yeah. Thanks, Tony Matijevich. I appreciate it. You're <laughs> tight babysitter. Tony, that one's for you. Well, I mean, anyway, so she walks out on him and then Frazier's alone eating cookie, cookie dough. dough. Yeah. There was a whole thing where he and the daughter were eating a tube of raw cookie dough. Frazier's alone, dejected. He's eating. There, he's eating it from the tube. He's like squeezing off a bite. Then he's giving Eddie a bite. Eddie's gonna have diarrhea all over the freaking apartment. What are yeah. you doing, Frazier? Dangerous. Uh, Martin comes home. They he's, have a little chitter. He's like, oh, I thought I was gonna interrupt something embarrassing, or yeah. you know, walking into an embarrassing moment. And in this scene, I want to point this out. Eddie is sitting next to Frazier and he's acting so unnatural. And this is why it's weird to have a dog in the show. He's being a good boy. He's very clearly just staring at a man behind the camera holding a treat so that he'll sit in that spot. He's not acting Some like a Some could say that's dog. all actors really do though, Nick. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. I honestly, I have takes on everybody out there, school teachers, journalists, Women, Jesus Christ. Women, absolutely. (laughs) I don't think that the woman actually stole Jenga from I'm just telling you I got weird messages as a kid, all right? Don't take it out on me. All right, well, I'm sorry. The good news is that I didn't become sensitive and defensive about it. That was a joke. Oh. I'm being sensitive and defensive now. Did you not? I took it a little too earnestly. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, okay. Um, Jesus. Anyway, so basically, you, you think you're going to end on another sad Fraser night, but then, then to pick up the vibes. They get a call. It's from Daphne. And what does Martin say when he answers the phone? No way. No, no way. way. And then the credits roll over them getting blasted. Daphne just kept the limo. Daphne left Bulldog <laughs> to get the his teeth kicked in in the parking lot of the stadium. And they're just in the limo partying. Daphne's already blasted. Oh my god! So Martin, Frazier, and they brought Eddie in the limo, which is like very cute. Bulldog is gonna lose his deposit. Yeah, (laughs) because that dog's gonna shit. You can't bring a that dog's gonna be shitting cookies though all over the limo. (laughs) You can't bring a dog in a limo. I mean, it's so cool looking though. What a great scene! And she's taking off. She's yeah, she's dropping Alka Seltzer's plop plop fizz fizz roll credits. That's the episode. Molly, give me your cafe latte score on this one. This, I mean, let's hear. What do you think? Uh, I'll give it a 7.5. 7.5 cafes latte yeah. out of 10. I'm going to go all eight. I'm going to go wow. all eight cafe I was lattes. Eight, I thought this but was I a thought good it was episode. a little slow. This, it wasn't slow. It was full of incident. Most of these episodes are taken up by a lot of time of Frasier on the radio you know, taking calls that don't go anywhere in the plot. This one is all... Yeah, we had no calls. This one is crammed with with Frasier goodness. So I give it a full eight. Okay, so I, I respect that. It's time to go to our reader advice mailbag. Have we got somebody? Have we got some advice to give out this week? I hope so. I'm either going to get a call or I'm going to make it up. I'm kidding. We got a call, I think. Okay, great. Well, we're going to kick it over to the call. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to be featured... In our advice segment, contact us through our Instagram account. Yeah, maybe account. we should uh, read the next Yeah, I'll plot. do that right now. Contact us through our Instagram account, at NotListeningPodcast. Send us a direct message. Next week's episode is entitled, You Can't Tell a Crook by His Cover. 
After Roz is scammed by a street con, Frazier claims to always be able to spot a criminal. Okay, this is good. This is the profiling episode. Oh, God. So Martin challenges him to a test. Uh, more cop stuff. Perfect. Several of his friends will come over to play cards, including one ex-convict. Frazier wins if he can spot the con. Oh, this, this is sounds great. Good. This sounds good. This sounds really good. So if you've ever been the victim of crime, or if you... <laughs> Have misjudged somebody? Yeah, if you've I, misjudged somebody, I guess that's a good, that's more common maybe for now. Uh, contact us through our Instagram account and arrange to be our next caller. Joining us on the program, our caller today is Gabby. Hi, Gabby. Gabby. Uh, why, Hi. Why don't you tell us what's going on uh, with you? Um, so this guy uh, reached out to me and he wanted to go on a date. And we've been talking. I talk to him pretty much every day. He's very communicative, um, very thoughtful. Um, but um, sounds like a terrible problem. Is uh, but he's a model, and so I almost don't want to date him because <laughs> because he is too attractive. Oh no! So do you feel terrible like... problem? <laughs> do you want to be with a man who's less attractive than you and a bad communicator well i mean it sounds like that's really incidental to what's going on here that doesn't seem like the linchpin of the issue do you want to be with a man who's less attractive than you so that you can get everything you want all the time because he'll know that you're out of his league and so you can kind of lord it over him um I don't know if it's that. I think I, I think I, I lurked a little too much on this person's. I like. You dug too deep. I, I, I lurked like his ex girlfriend. I lurked him, and then I was like, oh, this is who I'm talking to, and I, I maybe should have gone into it like blindly, maybe a little bit more. Oh, because um, you made up some. Uh... Oh, now yeah, there's a guy in your mind, and it's not him, and the guy in your mind is like. You know, less communicative and more and dating more butch models, other models. Well, I I think I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I I I guess the stereotype. And you know what? Maybe it's I'm a little close-minded, and hmm, I shouldn't be close-minded. Um, I just didn't think he was going to be so thoughtful. I I like keep trying to find I think something wrong. But with, maybe that's what it is. The there's not a flaw. relationship, and and maybe I'm realizing that there's actually just something wrong with me looking for something wrong because there's nothing wrong. Oh. I mean, it's great to be suspicious, always. Always go into a relationship with a very high level of suspicion. Yes. That's something I learned yes. early in life. Very true. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he could just have lots Being of Being handsome makes you privilege. seem a lot more nice. But also, don't you do modeling too, Gabby? Uh, I'm I'm retired, but once in a while. <laughs> so maybe he should just become retired and you guys can both be burnout hotties together. <laughs> no? Yeah, that's that's I mean, we could do that. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I I think the thing is everyone that um has either met him or seen a photo of him is like, <gasps> "Oh my god." Wow. <laughs> like, I've got to tell you, Gabby, I'm, I'm finding it very difficult to develop any kind of sympathy for your problem, which seems to be that the man who wants to go out with you is too handsome and too nice. Yes. Um, and everybody that you have shown his picture to thinks that he's great. 
And, you know, I don't get what the issue is here. Maybe, well, are you afraid it's just going to be I think the issue is, is me fearing getting, uh, getting rejected, I guess, by this person. And then my ego is going to completely... Well, I yeah, think you're handling you know. it correctly, which is reject him first. Absolutely. Well, you're doing all the right things. Uh, yeah. Ne- never put yourself in a situation where you might get hurt. Absolutely never do that. Always, I also feel that way. always call into a podcast and use your real name and talk about the problem uh, instead of dealing with it head on. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like everything's going to be just fine. I think you should just keep flirting with him and see if you can get some free shit and then cut it loose. I think that you should go out with this guy. You should get out of your own head about it because it honestly doesn't sound like it literally does not sound like there's any problem at all. So there, yeah. there's yeah, there's no problem. It's just yeah, I, there's I think this it's the just psychological potential and, for you know, problems. I pull the I'll leave them first so that I don't. Well, then, yeah, just don't do that. You know, you already know what you're doing. Just don't do that. I mean, when people call, you know, I'm sorry, Gabby, and maybe this isn't fair to you, but I was hoping we would get somebody with like something really messed up going on that we could get some real juicy stuff out of. Come on, Gabby. I mean, I feel I like mean, I, uh, Gabby I, I am deserves try, I, to know, have I a tried. fun problem. I was like, wow. But then he, I, I think it's more that he's um, he's very vulnerable with me. Very, like, honest about his emotions. Oh. Very, very communicative. Okay. So is it he's that you don't, yeah, you don't want to say that he's he's a softie? Is that what this is? I think I think he's definitely a softy, and I think that throws me off a little bit. Because yeah. oftentimes, you know, that could be a ploy. People will say, well, also, you know, people will say, oh, I want a man who's sensitive and vulnerable, and they really don't. But they I, want a man. They want a man who's tough and hard. Well, or you don't want to have to like the Pisces issue where they're treating you like your therapist all the time. Yeah, is that what's going on? Is he mm, asking you a lot no, of questions? No, it doesn't feel like therapy. It's also a sense of humor. Um, I guess. Does he not have yeah, one? Yeah, what is he? Do he gets him to have one? No, no, he 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 does. He does. Oh, he okay. does. I think so. I he think does. triple he does. threat. Oh, okay. He totally does. He does. He does. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. You know, actually, I did. I did post this meme on my story, and he responded in a very sensitive way. So maybe, maybe he's just sensitive. What yeah. But maybe mean? like I like that. Oh. Maybe maybe you need to to be with someone who laughs over their emotional vulnerability instead which is you know understandable yeah someone with the podcast maybe no yeah. big deal <laughs> um, I mean Molly said no, you're I, a model I, I, I mean what, what yeah, are we you guys about? want to go yeah. out <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be with someone who's less handsome and less sensitive I mean with lots I of know, problems I know a guy yeah <laughs> Well, Gabby, if this doesn't work out, we've got a date for you. It's been hopefully we've helped you somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I think I think you did. I, I think I, yeah, I think you definitely did. What are you yes. gonna go with the guy now? You should you should yeah you should uh, go with the guy. back. I'm gonna message him right now. That's what I'll do. Yay! Oh, amazing, amazing. <laughs> a love connection made here on We're Not Listening. Oh, Thank you for calling we'll see you in, soon, Gabby. Gabby. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Until next time, people. Follow the show on Instagram at Not Listening Podcast, and make sure to send us a direct message if you'd like to be featured in our weekly advice segment. And please do try to have a worse problem. Uh, you know, something I can really get my teeth into. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but not one that's, like, gross. 
Yeah, not too gross. We're trying to hit a fine line. Yeah, like, anyway. I don't, I don't want to unpack a heavy trauma. Yeah, no, yeah, give us a light trauma. Yeah. Light like, trauma, that's what we're looking light for. Light trauma. Medium spicy. Yes. Yeah, just two chili peppers, not four chili peppers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the show. Until next time, we're not listening. Yeah, bye. Bye.